Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Welcome back to JGB Sports episode 48. This is a review of the Savannah Bananas versus the Florence Yalls. Uh, we'll go behind the curtains a little bit. Um, episode 47 and 48 are being recorded together. So as Jackson didn't want to do 47, he's not going to be here for 48 either. Um, he did start to take notes for this one and then he lost his notes and... He was a little bit less motivated to watch this, having already watched it once. And he didn't just want to do it from the top of his head, because uh, he said he forgot what happened. So it was one of those that we meant to record this several weeks prior, and we just didn't quite get around to it. Now, why are we picking Savannah Bananas for this weekend? It doesn't seem like a, a, a particular relevant week to want to do this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Savannah Bananas, particularly for people in England, they're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters of uh, the baseball world. They've only been going for a few years. All their games are selling out. Uh, it's a super quick game. Uh, it's very fun to watch. And the reason we're picking the Florence Yalls is, now college baseball's finished, one of the players for Florence is former Coppin State player Marcus Castillo. So that was the reason for picking this one. Uh, this was game 34 for the um, uh, Savannah Bananas. And for people that don't know the rules of baseball, this might be even more confusing. So here are the banana rules. Rule one, winning, win the inning and you get the point. Every inning is worth one point. The team that gets the most runs in an inning gets a point for that inning, except for the last inning where every run counts. So to keep games uh, interesting right to the end, sometimes you can have a score and it's like 10-0 and it's like there's nothing to play for anymore. By scoring only for innings, it keeps the game a lot closer. But in the last inning, allowing each run to count means that you should always be able to catch up the team. Um, because at most, you're going to be eight runs behind, which is unlikely you're going to have that because you are going to have quite a few ties in some of these where you just don't score a run. Rule two, two-hour time limit. You get the idea. No new inning can be started after one hour and 50 minutes. And in the last inning of the game, everyone counts. So it's possible, actually, you might not even get to nine innings. Um, most games for baseball were typically over three hours. This season, with the new rules, it's a lot less than that. It's probably about half an hour less than that. Rule three, no stepping out. If the hitter steps out of the box, it's a strike. One of those rules to keep the game going. Rule four, no bunting. Bunting sucks. If a hitter bunts, they are ejected from the game. So a bunt is when you literally don't swing at the ball, but you just kind of knock the ball into the ground and then try and run from it. So it's like a tiniest little hit. That rule we'll talk about in a little bit later as well. Rule five, batters can steal first. On any pitch or at any bat, the hitter can steal first base. This can happen on a pass ball, wild pitch, or any time the hitter chooses. So yeah, normally on a pass ball, if there's nobody on base, you can't steal, but you're allowed to in this version. Rule six, no walk. So normally once you have ball four, it becomes a walk. If this happens, if a pitcher throws ball four, it becomes a sprint. The hitter can take off running while every defensive player on the field must touch the ball before it becomes live. The hitcher can, hitter can advance to as many bases as they want. The ball does not have to touch the catcher or pitcher. So yeah, pretty much, and I'm sure it was in my notes at some point, all the outfielders, you don't have to pass it all the way around the outfield. That takes a really long time. So the outfielders have to kind of sprint in so they're closer to all the players. And um, it's at least one base, and if you're not very quick at getting it round, it can easily be two bases. Um, I don't think there's any chance of getting three bases from what I saw when it was in play. But certainly a very fun version. And more importantly, the reason they have this rule is it encourages the pitcher to throw strikes, and that's what they want to see in this game. They want to see the hitters have a chance to hit and not kind of walk around people. 
Rule 7, no man visits allowed. Let's keep the game moving. No man visits from the coach, catcher, or any other player at any time. Hype your pitcher from afar if needed. So, once again, one of those rules just to kind of speed things up again. And Rule 8, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. And in the notes it says, why not let the fans get in on some of the action? Whatever you do, don't catch a banana's foul ball. That, I think, is pretty fun. Um, there's cameras at all these games as well. So, if you catch the ball, you're probably going to be on camera as well. Um, but, yeah, it, that's the most interactive part I can think of. And as much as I like Harlem Globetrotters baseball, uh, basketball, I can't think of anything that they do that's as interactive as if you catch a ball, you're actually made an out for the game. Don't know how they record that in the statistics. In fact, I've not thought about that at the time. If you're recording the game for this, I have no idea how that would actually work. Um, I'm just looking. I took a picture of the one of the starting pitchers, uh, Christian Dearman. Um, his stats are a little different from your average stats as well. So it starts off with IP, which is innings pitch. Then there was MPI, which is listed as 4.05. And it was like, what is that? And then you realize it's minings, minutes per pitched inning. So they want the game to be nice and quick. So the lower that number is, it means the more efficient the pitcher actually was. Uh, lists his strikeouts. And when I saw B4S, I had no idea what that was. But then once I'd watched the game, it became more apparent that was. That's when you have uh, balls, uh, four balls and then the people can start running around so it's not really a basis on balls as normal because they have to do all the infielders and outfielders have to touch the ball um hobby spearfishing that's something you want to see on an mlb game as well uh the florence yours lineup was uh, cole brannon was center field ray zubera was second base brian fuentes was third base jeremiah burks was shortstop jackson pritchard was right field marcos castillo was left field which is the reason we're reviewing this game number 90 i think i saw on a later game he was playing number 21 so i'm not sure if the numbers changed a little bit here. Uh, Logan Mateo was first base. Edgar Martinez was DH. And when I saw that, I got really excited because Edgar Martinez um, is in the Hall of Fame, I believe now. Uh, but it did say, not that Edgar Martinez. So just a coincidence for that one. But I know some of former players do appear in some of these games. Uh, Cooper Edwards was catcher, and Brandon Manson was the EH. Um, I don't know what the EH is, unless I wrote it down later. Um, it's obviously hitter, uh, the entertaining hitter. I don't know. I don't quite remember what that one is all right i uh, don't have a box score for this one i just kind of took notes as i was going along so inning one uh, there was a lead off on a 3-0 pitch uh, swings and gets a single but immediately gets picked off and on the second person they had the ball four so all seven fielders had to touch the ball so they all had to run but it was the bananas who were used to doing this so the person literally only got to first base i think that they might have tried to get to second uh, but I don't think, I think later they tried that, but it didn't work for uh, on every occasion. Uh, there was a stolen base after a wild pitch, so we got to see that rule pretty quick. And they made a big deal of mentioning that time for the inning was 4 minutes and 23 seconds. And again, in the spirit of the game, as it's the y'all's time to pitch, they actually got a dolly out to bring their starting pitcher on. They got him to stand on the dolly and then just let him out to the field, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, ball four, they got a double. I'm pretty sure I saw Marcus Castillo with a big grin on his face from left field as he was the last person uh, to get the ball. Uh, but the, the Bananas did definitely get to second base on this one. Um, Brian Fuentes caught a pop-up behind his back for the Yawls, which is a trick play. And they had some kind of score for that as well. I think they keep a count. It's one of the stats. How many trick plays do you uh, do you actually make and um, the savannas managed to score a run and that was the end of the inning so normally you would just keep going but with banana ball as soon as you win the inning that's it so once they took a 1-0 lead they got the point now i realized for this one i didn't actually list all the things that happened at the start 
So when they did the player introductions, uh, they have their cheerleaders. I'm trying to remember what they were called. Um, it was much older cheerleaders, we will say. And um, there was also some very young cheerleaders as well. There was more like kids who were there. I think they were called the Banana Splits. Um, the ball that was being pitched was yellow. The bases were yellow. Um, when they did all the player introductions, they were all doing clever things as well. Um, it's definitely a show. It's definitely a baseball circus, that's for sure. And you can see why people would want to go. It's uh, it's certainly really fun. Uh, second inning, Marcus Castillo laid off base hit. Uh, it said that he likes playing FIFA. That was his stat. And actually, just a 93-second inning, which is ridiculously quick. And they said that was only the 20th fastest in banana ball history. So it just shows you how quick some of these uh, innings can go through. And, um, yeah, they didn't score any runs. The Bananas got on a run, and then they took the second point of the game. And then they had a dance break. And if I remember correctly, um, the, the Florence Yalls actually took part of this. And they actually said on commentary that the Florence Yalls were totally in on this. They wanted to make it a fun game. They did all the practicing of the scene, uh, practicing of the dancers behind the scenes, and they got there super early to the game, so they could be a part of this and put on a put on a show for the fans. And uh, yeah, clearly it worked. Um, it sounded like they were one of the teams to embrace this more than um, a lot of teams did. Uh, third inning, uh, the catcher for the bananas immediately set up in front of the batter for one of the pitches, which I thought was pretty funny. And during an at bat, um, the players are mic'd up. And um, he actually made the catch while it was going on. Um, between innings, they did the dizzy waiter. So once again, I love the things at minor league baseball, the silly things they do between innings. Uh, the dizzy waiter was particularly funny. Uh, the fourth inning, Marcus Castillo gets uh, second. Uh, but then he gets picked off uh, later on. Oh, sorry, he gets his second hit, uh, but then gets picked off on first with a clever play. I think if I remember the catcher caught him off uh, caught him off guard. I think he smiled at him, and then he threw across. Um, but, yeah, great play. Bottom of the fourth, Cole Brannon, two great plays, and <laughs> under two minutes for the Yarls. And, actually, after 45 minutes, there's been four innings played. So, at this rate, although the maximum time limit is only two hours, uh, they were going to be way under that time. Uh, fifth inning, Karate Kid pitching. Uh, he was doing the move like you see in Karate Kid, and then he was pitching it. Uh, the Yolls guy came, comes in for one batter, uh, throws an Ephus pitch, which is a very high pitch, very slow, and then kind of drops. Um, and then I threw another Ephus pitch, and I actually got a strikeout from it. Uh, base is loaded, and the first base coach has a physical sign saying, get a hit, please. So we know that coaches normally signal things on their hands, but he had a, a sign. Um, yeah, the Yolls were in trouble in this one. They weren't really scoring any runs at all uh, there was a walk-off bases loaded and um, the bird attack throwing bread on the ground so that was really bizarre um, I guess that's one of the things they do between innings but yeah somebody was throwing bread and there was part of the entertainment team for the bananas were going around and picking it up uh, sixth inning um, somebody tried to bunt and as we mentioned earlier that is one of the rules you're not allowed to bunt it looked like the player protested I guess he'd forgotten that rule and sure enough, they said, why don't we bunt? And the crowd said, because bunting sucks. Uh, second batter for the Yawls walked out on his hands. That was pretty impressive. Like I said, they really um, they really embraced this. And um, the pitcher for this inning as well was Dakota Albrighton. Now, if you, oh, sorry, Albrighton. Now, if you've seen any of the clips on uh, YouTube or Instagram or anything like that, 
Um, you're probably aware of this player, but you might not recognize the name. And the reason that you'll recognize the player is uh, his stat is he stands 10 foot 9 when he's on his stilts. So, yeah, we recognized him as stilts, man. Uh, he's only picked, pitched six innings, it said at this point. Uh, his min minutes per pin uh, pitched inning was 4, .2, 4 minutes and 20 seconds. And, um, yeah, he actually, we saw a, Jackson and I watched a clip of him actually batting as well. His strike zone's really weird uh, just because of wearing no stilts. And he did. He got on to first. I would have thought the hardest thing wouldn't have been hitting it. It would have been running along first base, although you probably don't need to take as many strikes. Um, I noticed in this inning Alex Ziegler had a yellow bat, and I also saw the yellow shin pads too, which kind of looked like bananas as well. So, yeah, they're definitely embracing this whole thing. Seventh inning, Marcus Castillo's up to bat again. Three for three on the night, uh, set up a base as loaded. Most people are struggling to get hits, but um, we picked a good game to see how Marcos Castillo was doing because he was hitting well. Um, two K coaches came out in the field for the bottom of the seventh. They didn't seem to care about lineups too much. Uh, it didn't seem to make any difference. Uh, we we actually heard Marcos on the mic from the mic'd up section. They were talking to somebody, and I think as they were leaving the field, uh, Coppin State got shouted out as well. So, yeah, we definitely got to see that part. Top of the eighth, uh, four minutes and 35, which I think might have been the longest inning, but I'm not sure. Uh, the hitching coach uh, wears uh, 16 and actually does get to second base on a ball four and um, Fuentes was listed as the NIA World Series 2022 uh, World Series MVP now I'd not heard of the NIAA so I looked it up and it was somewhere out in Idaho um, and oh Lewiston I actually did write it down um, they play four games a day it's uh, 2,500 miles away by car and uh, the games are at 8.35 in the morning 11.35 in the morning 3.05 in the afternoon and then 6.35 in the evening so you get to see four games if you're actually going to that place Sounds like a fun thing to do. I think he said it was in April, so unfortunately I'm probably going to be teaching at that time, but after I retire, hey, I got time on my hands. That might be a fun trip to, to take out there. Also for this one, in the, after the seventh inning, or in the middle of seventh inning, you normally get the seventh inning stretch where they play take you out to the ball game, uh, except for this one, they play yellow by cold play. Um, actually, it was mentioned here, it was actually played an inning late. I think somebody messed up on the music, unless that's something that they're supposed to do. Perhaps they do play it in the eighth inning rather than the seventh inning. I'm not sure. Ninth inning, every run counts, uh, so you can always come back. And actually, this is the first time that the Yawls actually get a point. Uh, the Yawls did get a run. Um, the score was way past them at this point, um, but the Savannah Bananas already got multiple runs at this point. Uh, but a really fun game. Um, I think it was only about an hour 45, an hour 50. Um, the fact that their games are on YouTube as well, and you can watch them whenever you like. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching some more games because they were just fun to watch. Uh, lots of different segments in there. Um, the game's exciting just because there's not all the things that go on in between. There can be a lot of waiting in baseball. It's a lot better watching baseball on TV in 2023 than it was in previous year just because of the speed clock and things like that. But yeah, cool to watch. And um, I think that does it for this episode. Um, hopefully by the time we get to episode 49, I think Jackson will be back recording. Although I'm not sure what we're actually going to be reviewing. Because uh, we haven't seen a baseball game in quite a while now. Uh, we're kind of... I don't know if we're going to get to a major league game. Um, perhaps with it being JGB Sports, it might just be a different sport that we review. But you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Music